Hello, everyone. I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. This episode is hosted by Christopher Drobot. Christopher is a passionate cheerleader for the potential of the Edmonton region. Although not directly an entrepreneur himself, his extensive experience in business operations and now mortgage lending help focus his excitement on the ideas that can see the city grow. He is involved in the push to bring a world-class aquarium to the city and is completing his MBA and, together with his wife, homeschools his two children. The parallels between entrepreneurialism and homeschooling have been many and he sees an overarching lesson in both. You have to create the world you wish to see. In this episode, Christopher Drobot hosts Kyle Handfield. Take it away, Christopher. Hello and welcome to the Rainforest Alberta podcast. I am your host, Christopher Drobot, and this episode we are joined by Kyle Handfield, Managing Director and Founder of Ventrify Inc., With a background in mechanical engineering at the U of A, Kyle worked with several organizations overseas before eventually founding Ventrify here in Edmonton. His view and vision are that innovation is not looking at problems differently, but finding solutions to problems that nobody knows exist. As a hardware startup, Kyle and his team at Ventrify aim to help entrepreneurs bring their ideas to the real world, collaborating with clients from design to manufacturing overseas. A pilot as well, Kyle finds ways to see things from a different perspective in everything he does. Welcome, Kyle, to the podcast. Great. Thanks for that introduction there, Chris. Um, I'm excited to be here. Rainforest has been a big part of our our entrepreneurial journey here. We've been going to the connectors and the Rainforest events for the last couple months, and I I think they're they're a great addition to the Alberta ecosystem. Awesome. Well, yeah, no, glad to have you on the show, and we'll dig into your story a bit. I mean, there's there's a lot even just in that intro. So, like, I'm going to get you to just to back up for us, right? To kind of like how how did you end up overseas? How did you end up back here? Like, where where does this all fit in? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so Chris, it was really I did mechanical engineering um, in the uni- at the University of Alberta, and with that, I got a chance to try out a couple different industries. So I worked in uh, the road construction construction industry, doing uh, road construction engineering. Um, got to work at the biofuels plant here in Edmonton, developing uh, biofuels from waste products. And uh, you know, I, I did enjoy the jobs, but you know, the reason I went into engineering was because I I'm just I'm an inventor by passion. You know, I love coming up with solutions to problems. Um, so it hit the point where. I was finishing up my degree and uh, looking for what's the next steps, what industry was I going to kind of get involved in. I had a bit of background in in, uh, aviation, um, doing my pilot training. So that was one of the options I considered going, but uh, ended up applying all around the world and uh, got some interviews with uh, Dyson and with uh, a small company overseas um, in Taiwan. And uh, the one in Taiwan was really cool. It was uh, doing product development and then working with uh, manufacturers in China. And so I, I leaped at the chance to go over, yeah, get away know. from Edmonton and just see the world differently, right? Yeah. I'd never really traveled too much. So I, uh, I showed up to Taiwan with, with two suitcases and uh, no, no plan. So uh, I had a job starting in about a month, but I had to find a place to live. I had to, you know, kind of understand how to speak Mandarin. And the, the funniest story I usually tell people is for the first month, I can only say Niromien, which means beef noodle. So all I ate for the first month was beef noodle. Um, Neuro-mien. You, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> um, once you figure out the language, though, it, it's awesome. And uh, 
That gave me a chance to dig into the industry of product development. So we worked with uh, clients from, you know, all over the globe, manufacturing products from uh, uh, fitness equipment to uh, smart pet products. And uh, really, there was one experience that that led me to starting VentureFi in Edmonton. It's number one, the local connection of working with Alberta entrepreneurs is what I really live for, helping them get out and compete on a global scale. But uh, we, I was dealing with the one project over there. If you ship a product with Amazon, you got to be able to drop it from three feet off the ground. If uh, the product breaks below three feet, you're responsible for replacing it. If it breaks above it, Amazon will actually replace it. Um, and this is a product specification we build into our products, but uh, all of a sudden, 40% of the products failed. So I got a chance to go to the factories in Shenzhen, worked on the factory floors for a couple months doing root cause analysis, figuring out what the heck went wrong. And it turned out to be the dye, the color dye they use for the plastic the gray color, they switched brand names and it caused the plastic to be slightly more brittle. And that was the failure of the product. So I said, you know, this is a big problem. A lot of products are manufactured overseas to get that advantage in cost. And I think to make, you know, local entrepreneurs in Alberta really competitive, we need to have that local presence where we can have that back and forth discussion with them. We can work locally with clients, but then have that control overseas. So, you know, if there's any details that change, because there's a lot of people that are scared of manufacturing overseas. And it's just because there's not that that local presence there helping them out and dealing with it. So, yeah, we started the company about uh, 15 months ago now, um, maybe 16 months. And uh, our goal is to work with uh, ideas and entrepreneurs in Alberta and help them design their product. But unlike other design firms, we'll take that design after and we'll actually go and deal with the manufacturing, the logistics, import and the regulations and just help them walk through that whole process from start to finish of bringing new products to market. Nice. Nice. So is there a, a certain kind of zone of products that you like to work with most or is it kind of like what, what would you say is your specialty within that? Yeah, for sure. Um, industry specialties, we don't really have them. Um, we work with everything from outdoor equipment to we've done uh, products like uh, the Tie Master. So this is one of the projects we finished. Uh, actually, our first product we developed, it's uh, a plastic tie hanger that goes in your closet. And you can hang up to 70 neckties on it. So uh, and, uh, the gentleman came to us and said, hey, I had this idea 20 years ago. I'd like to make it a reality. So we helped them through the start to finish process of injection molding that product, doing all the prototyping with 3D printing here um, and then importing that product. So really it comes down to is, is, is just helping people through that process. So physical products is what we deal with. Um, our secondary focus, I mean, entrepreneurs are great, um, but maybe they're not always in the best scenario to afford the cost of product development. We actually work with uh, a lot of businesses to help them become more efficient at uh, delivering their services. So if they put sensors on their on their products in the field, they know when they need to update inventory. Right. They know when they need to go out and uh, do maintenance on them. Um, so we have a big target right now on uh, the food service industry and uh, the general ser service industry. Any repetitive tasks out there, you know, we look at solutions to to automate those and reduce labor um, and help them be more competitive by either applying that internally or actually turning that and, and then selling it to other companies like theirs and expanding outside of Alberta. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Right on. Uh, I'm going to veer off in a totally different direction here. You had mentioned something to me before we started recording about that tie master. There's some, some sort of connection that's, that's there uh, with your new building that you're in. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, we're really excited. We moved into a new office uh, building about four months ago. 
And uh, as a result, we wanted to make it our own and change it up a little bit. So we got a chance to do a few uh, small surface renovations. We, uh, you know, put up some drywall and uh, we got to build uh, a reception wall and a drop ceiling. And we built those out of uh, restored pallet wood that we actually got from our first shipment of product from China. So product came over on, on wooden skids. We took that and we built it into the building. Um, you can check out our Instagram or Facebook to see some pictures of that. Uh, I think it looks awesome. And it's, it's kind of demonstrating the character and our, and our foundation here uh, in Alberta. Uh, building that into our place. We're hoping to be there for the next couple of years. And yeah, it's just an awesome, exciting story about how we helped one Alberta entrepreneur make his dreams come true and then built it into the foundation of how we work. That's really cool. That's, that's fun. Uh, so, so then what... What are you doing now? You, you've got new building and you've got things that uh, have been kind of percolating a little bit. It sounds like you are kind of, you've got some momentum going from what we were talking about earlier. Yeah, hundred um, percent. So our, the sales cycle on our, on our projects are, you know, quite long, about a year long, but we got a few big projects on the go right now. Um, so we got a few, three employees working for us and a few big exciting things coming up is we'll be uh, launching at the Startup Edmonton launch party coming up in a few weeks here. So uh, if you're in Edmonton and want to come out and come out and join, uh, uh, please do. But uh, other than that, we uh, we're working on a little bit more on working on the business. Um, starting in January, we got quite busy with projects, helping entrepreneurs, you know, bring those ideas through the development process and businesses. Um, but we hadn't got a chance to go back and, and figure out what we're really about. So the last six weeks, we've done some work figuring out our company values and, and preparing some employee handbooks, uh, developing all the projects and procedures so that we can really take our company and start to grow it. Right. So, uh, yeah, right now we're, we're actively looking for new clients, but we're working on some projects and we're hoping to, you know, have a good scale up going into the new year. And, uh, in the new year, we'll be hiring some, uh, design talent over in Taiwan. Oh, nice. So right now we do design and engineering in Edmonton. We'll keep it similarly that way, doing everything up to the prototype stage. But once you prototype a product, it's actually quite a bit of work to take that and make it a mass producible product. So if it's electronics, you got to pick Chinese components from the Chinese supply chain. If it's an, a plastic product, you have to design it for injection molding. Um, there's some great talent over in Taiwan that we're looking to get adva take advantage of to help entrepreneurs develop products that work not only day one, but every day thereafter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but you having those contacts, though, uh, from your time in Taiwan, obviously, like that sounds to me like a competitive advantage that... Oh, yeah, that's it's absolutely vital. Um, the reason why people are working with us is because they like working local. They like working with passionate individuals. But really, yeah, they, we have access to a lot of that supply chain that we've developed over in, over in China. So um, almost all the factories we work with, I've actually been to shaking hands with the factory bosses, um, went out, grabbed drinks, yelled Gang Bay and uh, had a big celebration. And, uh, you know, there's a level of trust that goes on there. In, uh, in Asia, you know, business relationships are built a lot around personal, personal trust and personal relationships. Um, rather than just throwing a contract at somebody. And that's really where the priority comes when we're dealing with small quantities. Because a lot of people, when they first go into manufacturing, they're going to be producing, you know, between 500 and 1,000 units. Um, the factories, that's a small client for them. So to have that priority level at the factory, you got to have that connection, that relationship, and you got to have people that are going to be stopping by, talking to the factories, and uh, validating your presence there, saying, hey, how's it going? How's our product developing? And you can build quality into the process and the product rather than checking the quality of the product after it's built. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You were at something yesterday. 
yesterday morning, I think you'd said. Yeah, there's actually this morning. Um, so yeah, we got the chance to be part of uh, this year's cohort of the ATBX program. So well, tell us uh, about that a bit for yeah. anybody that doesn't know what that is. So ATB is an interesting bank. A uh, big part about what they do is helping Alberta entrepreneurs. And one of their programs they have is ATBX. And it's uh, an 11 week program where they help entrepreneurs with uh, companies that are in the growth stage, get access to mentorship and uh, different uh, training and seminars to help them go through that growth stage of, of hiring employees and, and developing their revenue. Um, so we got selected for that along with uh, 20 other companies. This is their first year in uh, Edmonton here. They've been doing it in Calgary for quite a while. So we're really excited to be part of that program and uh, already getting a bunch of value out of it. And it's only the first week. So yeah, right yeah having those programs across Alberta is is really, I think, what's going to make us successful all the way through to you guys at Rainforest. Um, I was telling Chris before the podcast started that, you know, I was, I was pretty involved in the ecosystem, the entrepreneur ecosystem in Hong Kong and in Taipei. I did uh, some startup weeks there and whatnot, um, or startup weekends there. One of the things that, that struck me as being one of the most valuable parts is how many entrepreneur-led initiatives there were. Just places where entrepreneurs can meet up, talk about, and, and network, and really develop that word of mouth to start helping each other grow. And uh, almost every day of the week, you can find an event there. So programs like Rainforest, and I'll do a shout out to the Startup TNT in Edmonton. I think that's a great, a great program here. We actually um, had Zach Storms on uh, oh, did you? a few yeah. weeks ago as well. Yeah, no, I think I think just honestly just going out and meeting other people in the community is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, that's, uh, I mean, Rainforest uh, is one among many. There's there's a lot of different ways for people to get involved and get connected. And I, I would say that um, this is just another way, us being on this podcast, is just to share the ideas and inspiration of people such as yourself that are doing exciting things in the community. So, oh yeah, I agree hundred percent. Yeah. And you know, we're really excited to be on the podcast here today um, to get our message out there, get helping some entrepreneurs and uh, keep an eye on our website. We'll be doing some uh, workshops and seminars. So if, if you're not in the position to, you know, pay a full product development team to develop your product, there's other chances that we can help you out and help entrepreneurs in Alberta kind of grow, build their own products. That's awesome. That's awesome. So with, with your, with the work that you guys do, like how would you, how would you say you you really help the community with the stuff that you do? What's kind of the the top thing that that you would say that a client or or the community as a whole would be able to? What would be the the highest value that that you would bring to the community as a whole? Yeah, hundred percent. And I I think really it comes down to is we're taking companies and entrepreneurs, businesses, small businesses that right now they could design and develop products, but there's not really a professional service company out there to help them navigate through that process and then take advantage of, of globally competitive prices. So we help clients take those ideas they have and put them into fruition, put them into reality. And we're keeping that revenue here in Alberta by, by helping those companies become globally competitive right here in Edmonton. Um, so that's one of the big advantages of what we're doing. And the second thing is, you know, I, I love the startup community. I love the energy that comes with it. And one of my big pushes with the company over the next couple of years will to be a bigger, to become a bigger part of the startup and entrepreneur community here in Alberta with, you know, workshops, networking events, you know, maybe eventually we'll be able to open up, uh, our, our prototyping lab as a, as a co-working, uh, space for people to, you know, prototype their own ideas. But, uh, yeah, really just that, that, if anything, Ventrify is a great place to, to be a connector. So, you know, we have connections with IP lawyers. We have connections with different clients. We have connections with uh, purchasers. Um, 
I, I encourage anybody to come out and, and, and talk to Venturefy because, you know, we could be a good point of contact. We do free 30 minute uh, consultations. We love, we love talking to people in the community and giving back, but we always have an opportunity if, if we can't help you on your project, you know, we usually can direct you to somebody who can. And, and I'll put it out there and say, anybody listening, if you have a product idea and, you know, don't know where to get started, there's tons of grants in Alberta. Alberta's really trying to help. Edmonton's really trying to help the tech community, the entrepreneur community grow. And uh, just knowing where to, who to talk to and where to go for those um, will really help help kickstart the environment. And that's one of the things that we do um, is we'll help people who aren't quite ready to work with us get the funding, get the grants, get the expertise they need to kind of bring their business up to the point where they're ready to scale. Right on. Right on. That's cool. So why don't you actually just expand a little on like Rainforest as a whole or the community as a whole? Like you touched a little bit on it, but like, let's dig deeper. Like where, where do you see groups like that fitting in, in the community as a whole? Yeah. And like, like I said, um, there's basically three different elements that is, that are going to make an an entrepreneur ecosystem really effective. Number one is funding sources. um, And that comes through government grants, public sources, or even private capital. Number two will be, you know, training, education, and helping entrepreneurs grow into founder roles that are going to make companies that are, not going to be around for one or two years, but are going to be a big part of the community going forward. Um, and the third one is, is communities that actually bring all those pieces together. And I think Rainforest is, is one of the most important parts. And that's that third category there, the, the connector. And uh, just whether you go, show up at a Rainforest event and you can connect with somebody who can connect you with uh, a funding source, or you connect to somebody that'll connect you with a new client, um, the communication and bringing that community together and so that there's close conversation and, and, and growing effort. Number one, it does, it does one thing. It, it shows everybody in the community how, how big the, the startup community is going to get and how big it's growing. So you can actually, you can see week to week, you know, how much we're progressing, which is a huge thing in terms of getting the government to devote more resources and getting the city to help out and getting different organizations and, and successful startups to give back to the startup community. If they can go out and see, you know, a big, vibrant community where everybody's excited and working together, there's there's a lot more enthusiasm there, a lot more reason they're going to continue to pour resources back into it. Yeah. Um, and then the second thing is with startup businesses, you know, you don't necessarily always have the budgets. You don't always necessarily have the marketing team to get out there and make a big splash, make a big exposure. A lot of startup startup teams rely on word of mouth and recommendations from other people in the community and opportunities like Rainforest and other programs like it give you the opportunity to make those connections and to find the right resources for your business. And it is a time crunch starting a business. You, you got to get things moving. And, and when, you know, something comes up, you got to, you got to be there to deal with it and to have that resource and that, and that network to fall back on through these programs is absolutely invaluable. Couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, you know, I would echo your sentiments as far as the, the importance of that third category, almost uh, the ability to help informal connections happen in ways that they would would never happen on their own. Like um, the idea is that it's bringing people from all different walks of of life in the sense, like different areas of the community, different stages of their entrepreneurial journey, different, different, even industries industries as well. Um, Yeah. We, in our cohort uh, here this year at ATBX, there's, you know, some companies that are bakeries and some companies in the tech industry and some companies in the aviation software industry. So just such a diverse group of people, but you never know when connections can pop up. And, uh, you know, you know, a person who could really help somebody else accelerate their business. So Chris, you said it perfectly informal connections, 
in a structured setting. Yeah. 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 Perfect. So what's one, like one big takeaway or key takeaway that you've maybe learned the hard way uh, along your journey? Yeah, that's, that's a tough question because uh, there's almost a hundred takeaways um, and key lessons you learn. But the biggest thing that, you know, I can stress out there is whatever your business is, wait for the right opportunities to present themselves. Um, you know, we've, we've seen a lot of growth, a lot of success, but along the way, there's going to be those hiccups of you try to fit yourself with the client. So a client comes up and they're, they're maybe not the most ideal person for, for, to work with. Um, whether that's a app you're, you're getting a beta user on it, or you're getting, uh, you're getting somebody to come by and, uh, and get involved in your business as a client relationship. Um, we worked with a few clients that maybe weren't ready to work with us. And what that does is it takes resources away from growing your business, working on your business and can, can kind of put you behind. And the second thing is, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with our new space with how we moved in. But when you're thinking about moving into an office space as a startup company, um, make sure you got a detailed and, 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 and big plan. Because uh, however long it th- you'll think it'll take to set up and to get functional in that space um, and to make it, you know, what you want it to be, um, multiply that by four. And, uh, and then you'll be pretty set to, to scale, grow into a space and start hiring employees. It's one thing just to show up in a big warehouse and be like, okay, we have an office, but a whole other thing to actually yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. be ready for that's, clients. That's the same thing we did the first day we showed up. We're like, oh man, look at this, this nice, uh, nice office. Um, and then, uh, you know, we're starting to get set in it and sit down and get ready. And we, we noticed, oh, you know, we don't have ethernet ports where we need to, right? So then you're buying network switches and setting them up and trying to set up computers. And um, it's going to be all the small little details that you won't necessarily think about. Um, I'm no, by no means am I not encouraging you to take the plunge and uh, really set up for growth with your company, but just, just try to lay out the plans. Talk to somebody who's just moved into a new office or talk to somebody who's even just moved houses. Um, packing and unpacking and setting up, it, it just takes a while. I was talking to somebody earlier today who's from a big bank that just yeah. moved offices and they had the exact same problem. So, so like, I, <laughs> I don't think that's a, that's a startup problem specifically. That's just a, a moving offices problem. You're always going to have little details. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Just with a bigger team, you got a little more to fall back on. Right. So yeah. 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 You know, with, with all the, the struggles or things that might pop up along the way, the, the challenges, the, the exciting things, the obstacles, what's like a, a, a key piece that motivates you? A core thought, an idea that keeps you pushing forward? What, what, what sets you on fire? Yeah, I mean, biggest thing that sets me on fire is the, is the community. Working with entrepreneurs and, and succeeding together. It's one of our core values at Venturify, but I, I truly mean it. Um, you know, I'd like to see in six months, all the clients that we're working with now have developed products. They're out there. They phone me, say, hey, Kyle, those sold great. We need another 100,000 units. And, you know, the relationship's not necessarily, it, it doesn't look as much like a client, client and a service company relationship. Now we're almost partners in it. We're succeeding together. You know, companies are growing and, and that's just what drives me. Like if I see people come in and, and, and be able to take their idea, take their vision and, and turn it into fruition, succeed and in, in, in developing their idea and, and making a move on it, you know, that fuels me and gets me so excited in the mornings. And that's why I started the company. You know, I'm hoping that in, you know, five, five to 10 years, we'll have the company set up so then I can start producing my own ideas. Um, so we're trying to make it as a pipeline for put an idea on one end and it comes out as a product that is ready to go on the shelf on the other end. And, you know, as 
quick of a timeline and as least amount of, of capital required as possible. So that's where we're trying to build the company. And, and we have the same values with everybody we bring on the team. So uh, a project manager in a, in a product development company is an interesting position. You need to understand uh, the tech behind it. You need to understand the process. You need to understand how to work with overseas suppliers in maybe a different language. You need to understand how to deal with clients. So it's a very multifaceted position. So we've seen a lot of interest from, you know, entrepreneurial types coming into the project manager manager role. So in five years, you know, what I envision, what keeps me going is they're going to be in a position where they can start their own product company as well. They spent five years learning how to do it, learning the niches of the industry and learning what it takes to make a successful, successful product. Yeah. Come work with me. We'll give you, we'll, we'll be able to work as a company to help facilitate you know, you, you moving out of the project management role, moving into developing your own product company. And I really see it as almost an entrepreneur training program over the next like 10, 20 years is people come into Ventrify. They help other people realize their, their, their dreams, their successes, their products through the Ventrify process, which is something we spent a lot of time and energy on. And then they can succeed and see their own dreams come, come to reality. So just kind of the whole entrepreneur community and, and, and seeing something come from an idea and actually doing something about it and then being successful. It's just, it's so exciting. No doubt. Well, I remember you mentioning that to me uh, when we first met, actually, that, that whole idea of just creating a pipeline for people to basically create their own their own future but within yeah. kind of the safety net of of a company that's already established yeah and that's that's the one thing that always bugged me it's uh the startup community is always so focused i seem to the re- recurring theme is failure is not bad and small failure yeah i agree it's not bad but there's no no nobody's saying that you have to go start this big venture and and have this big catastrophic failure before you can succeed you know you can learn those lessons from other people's uh, mistakes. You can learn those lessons from standards and procedures and from, you know, just going through classroom settings and, and education. And I think if we can build a process of, of education and giving back to the community so that, you know, founders of new product, physical product companies can go to us and use our resources to help learn how to bring products, you know, from start to finish and all those details. Remember that Amazon story I told you about all those small details that could really come back and that could be the difference between success and failure. We have the opportunity to teach those so that we can see so much more success out there. Because that's the one thing that always cuts me deep is product, physical products have such a bad rep. Hardware products have such a bad rep for taking four times as much money and four times as long to develop. I think that's just due to a lack of process, a lack of information and education along the way. And I think we can change that. I think we can come into the industry. We can change that. We can help Alberta entrepreneurs succeed on a global scale. And once we're done with that, then we can help other entrepreneurs succeed on a global scale. So launch in Seattle, launch in Toronto, you know, just kind of start expanding out from there and doing the same thing. Um, being the central part of the entrepreneur community and really starting to make a difference. That's great. That's great. Cool. Any kind of final thoughts that have really like, come to you during our conversation you want to share to listeners? Yeah, the big thing is I talk to a ton of, a lot of young entrepreneurs, um, people who are entrepreneurs and they're debating going into school, people that are looking at a profession. And the biggest thing I can, I can recommend to you is five years ago, I had no idea I would end up, would have ended up on this path, um, with this, uh, this product development company as, as such a niche market we're in, but just trust in trying, trying opportunities. So don't be afraid to go out there and and try working in this industry, try working with a startup, try this, try that. And if you continue to try stuff and to, you know, if you got a dream, you got a passion, pursue it, try to start a startup company, try to join a startup company, go, go work in industry. Um, But if you continue to try stuff, you'll land on your feet. You'll land somewhere where you fall into a career where you can get up every day excited. 
And that's the one thing that, you know, I just, I hate seeing is people who go to work and, and can't stand it. Because I think we're in a technology age and an age of communication where you can find the right fit for yourself. Whether it's joining a startup, working with a startup, um, doing uh, interviews for Rainforest. Uh, I think you can always find something you love doing. And, and that's that's probably the biggest piece of advice I can give to people out there. Uh, that's great advice for sure. Uh, great. Well, thanks so much, Kyle, for coming out and joining us here today. Uh, thank you very much for the sharing your story and letting everybody here uh get to listen in and yeah thanks for thanks for the opportunity chris um you know i'm really excited to be on the podcast and hope hope the users took away a little bit of value and at least a little bit of excitement from my story ah well they didn't get to see but you're 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 very animated and excited oh yeah, yeah. Your, your speech there so uh thanks so much to listeners there and enjoy your day if you haven't already visit rainforestab.ca and sign the rainforest social contract Become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-sourced, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open, social barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. This episode was brought to you by a generous contribution from Levin Electronics and is hosted by volunteers from Rainforest Alberta. Music for the show was created by Tony Deldegan. Please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know. Also, don't forget to come by and say hi at the next Rainforest event. Let us know what you think of this podcast. If you're interested in being either a host, sponsor, or a guest of the show, send me an email at rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.